He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 108 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined this week by Barry O'Hanrahan, unlike every other week. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you for all the listeners over the last couple of weeks who have got in contact with us. Um, any ideas or views that you have on the show, let us know. Our Twitter handle is at PodcastGTS. And if you don't want to get us on Twitter, you can get us on an email account, which is a goodtalkspoiledgmail.com. And I suppose, Barry, we, we, as always do, start with our own games. And uh, if people have been following us on the Game Golf um, website and, and through the Game Golf app, they, they know that we've had a couple of games this Well, I, I had a couple of games this week uh, over Saturday, Sunday. But let's start with um, your round on Sunday, which was... Uh, Played in pretty tough conditions. Saturday. Saturday morning. Oh, God, yeah. It was, um, I must have done something wrong at the start when I was setting up the game golf to record the round. I thought I'd hit go, connect, and off it goes. And um, I felt the thing buzzing on my hip. Anyway, straight the round, so I thought I was in business. Uh, turns out after the round, I was not in business. That was just the shakes that you were getting in that uh, hip hip replacement that you had was it yeah no no yeah so well sure um bypassing that quickly <laughs> um the first 12 holes were miserable it was rain raining it was a cold northerly wind it was drenched it was awful i went through i tried to hold, stay away from using the two wet weather gloves as long as possible in around when it's raining i like to just have the one glove anyway i went through about three or four gloves even taking good care of them to try just stay with uh, as good regular feeling as possible but it was cold was miserable it was difficult and uh, I think if it had kept up for the full 18 holes it would have just beaten us into obliteration as it happened it's it kind of started to warm up it dried out and the last six holes were relatively pleasant so uh, I shot 80 I was pretty happy with it struck the ball pretty well had a couple a couple of bad holes um I think four, I think six was understanding. Six, I just pulled it left of the green, chipped on and three putted. It was a poor three put. I missed one bad put on thirteen from four foot for a par, and then I made a horrendous mistake from the left of fifteen. I was, which is a par five. I was pin high in two, maybe forty yards left, but safe, and um, because there's out of bounds on the right, and uh, my mistake was just not committing properly to the pitch shot. Like it's a lot I had fluffier done. down there though in that, it was, that rough. It's it, it, it it's a very clever hole because you do have the out of bounds to the right. Hmm. From about what, about one twenty, a hundred yards out. Along the you left. have along the left and along the right you have a couple of bunkers as well, and then there's green side bunkers that are guarding it as well. Yeah. So, you know, going forward in two you have to be pretty accurate. Um, you need but, to carry those bunkers on the left if you're going for it in two. And I was calm, I knew I had the, the I had more than enough club, and I had a three wood in hand, and I was it was it was go time. I had you know hit the three wood, and uh, I had a good shot, but I, I pulled it safe to the left. 
but that stretch are rough along the left um, you were closer to the course than I think you probably thought you were when yeah, yeah. you started because I did yeah. say to you walking down or I'm not sure whether it was when we were on the course or off it that you know it, it I know you were trying to go for it and, and it was go time but at the same time perhaps the risk on the left because everyone's so conscious of everything that's on the right you do tend to forget that actually from 100 yards out and not that far off the fairway mm-hmm. there's a pretty chunky amount of uh, gorse that you'll never find your golf yeah. ball in and even down there they, they don't the rough is very spongy I find it's spongy and it can be deep as well if your ball finds the bottom it can be 2-3 inches below the level of the grass it re- rarely does it find the bottom anyway I was really conscious of this I aimed a little bit to the right of the pin which meant on my line I was right aiming right at the bunker that was in my way so that was my thought that if I do come up short it won't go in the bunker however it landed on landed in the rough shore of the green and took a hop left into the bunker and then I did, uh, uh, failed in extracting myself from the bunker for the first time got out lipped out for my bogey so I made a 7 it was a poor 7 when I should be making 5 at worst from there it was a uh, just poor commitment to the shot. So I was happy with my choice to go three wood. Um, I just didn't fully commit to my uh, the wedge shot. So lesson learned, don't do it again. But I thought I finished I finished okay. I parred 16, had a chance at a two. Um, I think I made bogey 17 and had a birdie chance on 18. Bogey 17, because yeah, yeah. I parred 17. I think I said to you, I'd have sold it to you if you had wanted. But. Yeah, and uh, I gave myself a 12-footer for birdie on 18 that just burnt the edge of the hole to break 80. So uh, overall, considering the conditions, I think I had the second-best score in the morning on the round. So I was really, really happy with my game. I wish I had game-golfed it. I will go back and try uh, manually add it in because uh, there was some good stuff in there. I did count back. I had eight greens in regulation. So um, good round, trending the right direction. Hopefully, it can keep it up. Yeah, I suppose just briefly for me on Saturday, it was just one of those days. Um, I hate playing when my hands get so cold that I just can't feel them anymore. But um, I was two shots behind you, I think. Was I was 70. Yes. I was a- yeah. 84. So I was, yeah, so I was 70, 72. Yeah. Um, so I was two behind you. So you're one over, you were one over net, I was one under net. Yeah, so there was a chance. I, I tried to give myself a chance on... 18 because I knew if you bogeyed 18 and I buried 18 we would have mm. finished at the same score um, and I just I, I thought it was an 8 iron all day long from where I was and just came up short into the bunker um, couldn't get up tried to hold it in fairness um, didn't care about the water behind at that stage but um, I think I worked it out that I think I was I think I was 12th overall for the weekend and I think you were yeah. about 6th yeah, it so, was good. Uh, so it was good, you know, got for the year points anyway, which is uh, good to have. However, for me, my main focus was on Sunday when I was picked to play for Glen of the Downs Golf Club in the inter-club match under the, um, I can't even think of the name, there's so many of these uh, different types of, I've been asked to play in so many. The Metropolitan Cup. The Metropolitan Cup. Um, and I was paired against a guy from Milltown playing at home in Glendalens and thankfully uh, with Barry on the bag we uh, we gave it a real good go unfortunately Barry we just um, came up against a guy who just you know he was off nine he had won the Metro Cup a couple of years ago he's won an inter-club uh, match play tournament before but had the and game of a five handicapper I'd yeah, say yeah yeah like I, I had dinner with him afterwards I, I sat beside him at the, the, the team dinner and um, we were just chatting away and you know he was just saying that you know 
it's just the consistency for him. He just finds that trying to get off nine has been a bit difficult, but there's times that he can put a really, really good round together. Um, but he definitely had the game. Like He had a ball striking. He hit three wood further than I was hitting the drive, and I'm not mm. a short person off the off the tee with the driver. What does game golf say these days? <laughs> Uh, well, my uh, my game golf is saying that my longest drive is three hundred and twenty-seven yards, and the average I think is coming out three forty, three thirty-eight or something. Three thirty-eight. Uh, sorry, two thirty-eight. <laughs> sorry, I'm in a leather chair. I'm very relaxed today doing this podcast. Um, so he 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 played well. I I we were two down after two holes, and uh, yeah. you know. Did get it back to the 18th, which was nice. Lost, lost one down over the 18, which which was good. You had a putt uh, to half the match on 18, and you gave it a good run. It just went over the edge. Yeah, look, I I was really happy. I just love, and I think anybody I'd implore whatever about, you know, whatever level you're at or whatever handicap you're at, and if you're in an Irish golf club, you gotta get your name down on interclub matches. Mm-hmm. They are just so much fun. Like, I think from what was it, 15. From the back of the 15th green, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, we had a crowd. Yeah. That just kind of swelled. Now, you're talking, what, maybe 15 people? About that, but, you know, that's more, it's a lot more than watch you in your regular Saturday competition, so... Yeah, well, like, we were talking, cool. um, we, you know, there was, there was a long wait on 17. We were both in the fairway, and mm. I was hitting a five iron in, and we were kind of debating, is it the right club, will we hit it, will we not? And you said, no, five, five's a good eye, you know, I like that, you know. Hit it well, nice tempo, absolutely, you know, perfect contact, you know, under the hole. I don't know how I'm useless on feet and yards. No, hole, it was it was a the, perfect the put, shot. The putt, well, you'd maybe what 15, 16 foot putt for birdie. It was it was a perfect shot, like really well done in front of a lot of people watching, which is normally not your forte. Sometimes when there's maybe early, at the start of a round on the first tee, you kind of have those on the first tee nerves, but like. You just seem to like love it. You no, said, I, I good think self, that's good the, tempo, and you just ripped it. it and then we moved beautiful. to eighteen, and you know, uh, I laid up as I always do, and mm. you know, I knew it was now no longer the eight iron from the day before. Eighteen's um, a drivable par four in our place, depending depending on the wind. Sort of, if it's into you, you just you don't really take it on the driver. If the wind is with you, you probably do. Say. But yeah, and je- he he nodded another three three wood. Kind of um, that was a bit of a risk for me, but I mean, suppose they'd won the match at that stage, so it didn't yeah, really matter too care. much. He uh, said to me afterwards that uh, if the the manager had given him the nod, he would have just conceded the hole on the after my second shot in. Okay, um, but he uh, the, the the manager hadn't given him the nod, so he didn't That's want true. to take the risk of yeah. actually something strange had happened and people didn't get the right information, and then all of a sudden we half a game. Mm. But um, you hit a really good shot in. Give yourself a birdie look to have a chance of having the match. You did. You did say to me that I should have toss offed it by a little doff of the oh, cap just, to the yeah. uh, to the guys. I wanted to. Th- I I hit the shot and I walked after it. Yeah. And I wanted to throw my golf club back to you, and you're like, "Don't be a prick." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was really good fun, and I do. I have to say, anybody who is interested in in interclub, they really should play. It's a different type of golf. But uh, putting it in perspective, I, I game golfed it, and I know it's match play, so it, you know there's there's a few moments where six footers or three footers have been given that mm-hmm. I want, you know. But there uh, wasn't that many on my own. No, well, we weren't that generous, I don't think, over the course of the round. But I was plus seven on my own card, yeah. Um, so I was seventy eight, and uh, good scrambling, like fifty four percent fairways, forty four percent green and reg. 
1.6 putts per hole, 50% uh, scrambling and 33% sand save. So I think it kind of shows just quite how good the other guy was as well and, and how great that, like, it was very a lot of compliments afterwards, especially from him and his caddy saying, look, you know, if you play like that most weeks, you know, you're not going to be playing in this competition next year because mm-hmm. you won't be off off no more than eight, I think, is the lowest you can be in the year to, it, to get okay. into the Met. Um, yeah, and it was it was a really good match to watch. There was a lot of high quality golf shots played, so uh, it was uh, it was nice to nice to be a part of in some way, shape, or form. As much as it killed me, it was without a shadow of a doubt the nicest day of the year in Ireland so far. And uh, suntan yeah. uh, forgot to put any cream on. <laughs> I have burnt arms. I have a farmer's neck, and I have a uh, fairly red face today. And. Uh, that that that's the way it is. So lesson learned. Next week I'm gonna make sure I have the um, going from the rain yeah. to that, and I also am a little bit fluey now. I think today because of it. But anyway, let's o- only in Ireland could you catch the flu off a nice hot warm day. Well, I think it was coming from yeah. being drenched the day, the day before, and then then the rest. But um, let's turn our attention, Barry, to a very brief preview uh, review of last week's tournaments because. Um, some people are probably screaming saying they would like to know who won the uh, game golf system but we're going to hold off on that just for a little bit and uh, we will announce that in due course and we've got Steve Bamford about to arrive on air to to talk to us about the players championship but let's have a very quick review of last week and the LPGA event was taking place at the uh, it was the Yokohama Tire LPGA Classic and I am never going to get this woman's uh, name. Garen? Jita Newgarn is my attempt. Okay, well, she won by one shot from a much easier set of names uh, from Stacey Lewis, Amy Yang, and Morgan Pretzel. Um, so <laughs> We're sticking with Pretzel. Yeah, I, I yeah. like that. Uh, so look, the very best of luck and congratulations to her. Another second place for Stacey Lewis. She's becoming the Paul Harrington of the LPGA, like just... Runner up, runner up, runner up, runner up. I'm guessing there's two people who are really honoured by that comment. Poor Carrington right now and Stacey Lewis are probably thinking, I really don't want to know that. You know, that's No, but just you know the amount of runner up finishes you had. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a, it was a uh, it was an event I didn't get to see one shot of. But uh hopefully now I did get to see some of the ladies European tour which was taking place in Morocco as well. And this was won by the rookie. Um, Can we take this one? Yeah, again, this yeah. is this is one that I'm going to butcher. So uh, Etorios, Nor- oh look Noria at that, you got a little, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a, a bit of Spanish that. anyway. Um, so she, twenty-year-old, winning with a final day sixty-five, which you said was around of the week. And certainly, yeah, looked like it's round of the week. Uh, five, six-shot win, um, six shots clear of. Um, Florentina Parker and uh, I have to say I saw bits of this over the course of the week which was nice to see they don't have a huge tour schedule on the uh, the yeah, ladies TV. European mm-hmm. tour so uh, it was nice to see it um, on TV they move on next week to the Buick Championship in Shanghai uh, in China so they really are a global European event but we'll see and keep an eye on that Moving on to the European Tour, which again was taking place in Morocco, and it was the, um, it was the Hassan. Tro- you got these, the Trophée Hassan de. 
Yeah. Oh, duh. Sorry, two. I was going to kind of say that. Two. Two. You okay. see, now, now we've gone from Spanish it's, to French. This is very... This is... It's very international this podcast is international this week. This week. The Royal Golf Dar es Salaam in Morocco, the uh, one of the royal courses around the palace, in and around the palace. And we, we were saying over the course of last week, this is just a, a wonderful course to watch um, on TV. It was played over at the 7,487-yard par 72. And uh, Wang Yang... Uh, Hong Yang uh, wins his first European tour with a display of excellence on the 18th and this was really where it seemed to start and finish because if nobody's seen any of this event just watch the three minute highlight video because all you're going to see is just incredible putting and yeah. shots from the 18th um, pretty impressive I mean and if you're watching any of it beforehand you will have noticed that they barely had any fairway in play this week they were so tight which would explain why so few guys are actually finished under par for the week. And they had some tough conditions to play in as well. But uh, seriously, good. Uh, natural Vera must be sick. Uh, because Wang holds an 18-footer in regulation to get into playoff. Then a 50-footer when Nacho Vera was sitting there on the green in two. A good look at Eagle in his hand. And uh, he ends up two-putting to, to go to the next playoff hole. And then Wang rolled in a 20-footer for birdie to, to seal the win. And with, like... I think when you watch it back and you see it in real time as well, the the putt this on the first playoff hole, you know, Yaman has kind of made a bit of a horse's meat of the whole event uh, of the mm-hmm. whole playoff hole. Yaman is um, looking at a very makeable eagle putt, and Yaman has to like Wang has to hole an absolute monster down the hill, left to right, right to like it. It wasn't. It wasn't even like it was, you know, straight uphill, no break. Like, this was... No, it makes it 2 or 3% of the time, at best. And I'd say in regulation, if that had not hit the hole, it could have been, you know, it could have been 12-foot pass. Like, mm-hmm. it was going at some pace. But there was a point where you just thought, this man's going to, you know, he's, he's, his name's on the trophy, or as it turns out, dagger. A, a dagger. Um, because it was such a superb putt. And they then, as you say, went back... To the 18th and started again and you know he had similar line I think to the to the eagle putt mm. oh, so yeah. he had a very uh, so look it was it was a good good win by Wang and um, Richard Dunn just got in over the weekend but ended up on a very decent finishing 16th so um, 20 odd thousand chipped away at, uh, at securing the tour card for next year and the European tour is off uh out of the European region or uh, environs of Europe going down to Mauritius next week so uh, we'll review that tournament next week it's the Afrasia Bank Mauritius Open and um, then the Wells Fargo this was pretty good I watched, you know what was really good I was off on Friday and I sat there watching it on the Red Button Live and that is just brilliant so that's the PGA Tour live feed this is fantastic because you have two feature groups and they do choose two very good groups so, but you get to follow the entire kind of journey of their round. You get to watch them on the practice range. You watch everything they do all the way through the round. It's just fantastic. And I was working away with that on the background. It's just bliss. It was a great day. I was happy as happy out. And we get Rose it. McElroy. It was just really, really good. And the great thing I mean, is, we we get it here for free as mm-hmm. part of the the red button. I think in America, you and I think yeah. if you don't have Sky Sports, you can buy it. So they they pick really good groups. Like oh, yeah. you know, it's it's you have two superstars in every yeah. one in each of those two groups that they follow, and it's excellent coverage. I really, really enjoyed it. 
I would love to be able to dedicate more time to doing that oh, on a weekly basis be because it's a, it's a great insight into the entire end of a player rather than seeing um, the choice or the chosen shots of the video director for or the show director for the day. You get to see virtually every shot played by a guy throughout. His but range. do you know what's quite interesting when you watch it like that? You see how quickly pros basically spring from the tee shot to their next shot. Mm. There's no sauntering around like you see at a week weekend on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, they hit the shot, they're gone, you know, because they want as much time as they can at their second shot, at their third shot. And they do take that time at the shot. I mean, but that's, we but, see a, but but that's it, fine because, because they, they have already got, so normally what you're seeing is that when on Saturday, Sundays, we get up to the ball, the guys are walking off the green. You've got to keep moving. Mm. These guys have, have sprinted basically from the tee box to the second the guys are on either just walking on the green or just getting organized. So they have that time. They power walk That it. gives them yeah. the opportunity. And it's, it's a good thing. It's a good way to enable yourself to have more time at your ball to make a good and better planned decision about your next shot. Is just add that little extra pace to your walk up. And, uh, well, it's, it's a, we, try, we try to do that ourselves. No, and I think, and, and I think sometimes it's easier just to say to your mates, look, I'll talk to you after the round, you know, but let's just get, unless our balls are sitting beside each other, we just get to them and then you can have as much time. And I think you've probably noticed the last couple of weeks, I kind of keep walking on beyond your ball yeah. to where mine is just to, you know, it's, it's a good idea and something that everybody should. But let's, let's turn our attention to the Wells Fargo and, uh, you know, James Han has won his second PGA title on Sunday at the Wells Fargo. And, um, you know, this is a pretty impressive turnaround for a guy who had a pretty hard couple of, uh, months. months and um, just Barry put it in perspective for us because this is a guy who has really been through the ringer of fairly tough tough golf uh, a lot of missed cuts and you know missed by quite some distance as well and the thing is like he's a tour winner so you know the guy obviously has game he knows he has game but he was just um, just going through a really bad patch and uh, has pulled it all together out of the blue to win and uh, he gave a lot of credit to his support system like his family his coaches those around him helping you know him to stay in a good place mentally despite all the the tough times of the eight missed cuts in a row and um i mean look he switched over to pxg the new high-end club on tour that a few of the guys are are well sorry are being paid to play but uh the uh, i'd say they're delighted now with that kind of return first return on investment the first win um, they can only give their other guys in their stable a bit more confidence to go on with their clubs and uh, get some wins and maybe attract other players to go oh maybe these clubs do have something more about them for the, the money not yeah. the pros are we're, paying for them now but we're gonna they have, might have something ex- extra special about them we're going to have a look at more in depth with um, Steve Bamford from Golf Betting System of a lot of the guys who are showing over the course of this mm. week into the players so we I just want to stay on James Hamm for a second because just his story himself is just a superb story. You know, he was selling shoes in Nordstrom. You know, he worked in an advertising agency, went as a professional golfer, you know, was at the PGA Tour event in Canada and was sitting in a hotel in 2008 with like $288, you know, and now he's a two-time PGA winner. It's a, it's a superb story and, and he seems like a really affable guy. He seems like a guy that you'd actually kind of you know, you're rooting for. I didn't mm. know the backstory until this week when I when I read it. But you know, he. Um, I think a lot of people will be happy to see him win. 
well, other than uh, Castro, who probably doesn't think too kindly. But not so hot. No, he he seen he was visibly struggling with the nerves a bit down the stretch. But uh, Castro and uh, the swing got a little bit more uh, wild and uh, slashy, and things were kind of getting out of place where they shouldn't have been, and uh, ultimately resulted in a couple of late bogeys and then a really poor tee shot on. Um, on the 18th, although his recovery with the ball miles above his feet after dropping out of the hazard was sensational to get it to the back right and his chip shot burnt the edge of the hole for his, which would have given him a par. So um, he's certainly got uh, battling qualities in there. So uh, a good showing. And he, seen, he was pretty calm afterwards. You know, he was just saying to Radar, Wayne Wright, he goes, Joe, take the positives out of it. It's a good week. It's opening up more opportunities for me for the rest of the year. So extremely mature and composed response uh, only moments after kind of a devastating loss so uh, maybe we'll see more of him in the coming weeks he can hold that form together yeah and I think that we both uh, were talking off air about trying to get our hands on these uh, PXG clubs to, to demo because they uh, we'll figure it out they just uh, they look they just look so different but I think the other thing is that they just seem completely out of the range of the average Joe yeah. that um they're nearly three four hundred dollars a club I think or you know equivalent equivalent in euro so that's uh, that's quite a hefty investment in your golf game yeah it certainly is um, so look uh, congratulations to James Han and uh, we will keep an eye on him and Castro and all the other players from this week over the next couple of weeks and see how their form transpires into the next couple of weeks tournaments so I suppose from there, that just leaves me to say welcome to Steve Bamford on golfbettingsystem.co.uk to have a review, a preview of the Players' Championship, as he always does this time of year. So welcome to uh, Steve Bamford from golfbettingsystem.co.uk, another uh, wonderful insight that I'm sure we're going to have on the Players' Championship this week. And uh, hey, Steve. How are you? Good to, uh, good to be back on. Uh, hello to listeners. Uh, well, thanks for uh, coming on. I was looking at your preview um, on the website earlier, and uh, it was interesting the comments you've made about the course overview and uh, the driving accuracy doesn't send to count for much. But then down at this particular course, this is one where um, you, you you feel that it's it's a little bit more important. It's interesting because um, it's one of those courses where they, they pinch the fairways and they actually pinch them at around about 325 yards off the tee. So if you think it through, and you know, I've read comments from McElroy and, and players of that ilk, it effectively kind of handicaps the big bombers because from that point on it goes down, they go the fairways down, they pinch down to 19 yards in width. So actually, and the, obviously there's, there's a couple of serious uh, punishment points for those that miss fairways. Firstly, you've, you've got water on a lot of these holes, and secondly, you've got trees that uh, that, that, that impinge very close to the fairways. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for people that can actually hit the ball. It's interesting because the last couple of years you've had Kymer who can hit it sort of 290, 300 yards, no problem. Fowler last year. So, yeah, there is a slight trend where a little bit more inaccuracy than you'd get with Tim Clark, Jim, Jim Furyk-type players, has, has, has actually won the tournament. But even so, you know, those guys, they, they came into the tournament being able to hit the ball quite accurately on the fairway. So for me, it isn't a course where you, you'd be looking at Bubba, you wouldn't be looking at Dustin Johnson, guys that, you know, or even a Jason Day that really do slash it out there. I think you need some control off the tee. 
And I thought the, the, the second point that, you know, when we talk about the course and we talk about the attributes that, that we're going to be looking at for some of the players that, that we would be thinking have a chance this week, it was the second point that you made in the, in the preview, which is that um, the course superintendent, the tournament organisers can very much decide how they want the target score to be. Do they want it to be low? Do they want it to be tight to, to par? And that, it you know... That really can change how players have to play the course from one year to the next. Well, the level of scoring here is... I, I, I don't know of any other tournament that has such a consistency. I, I'm just, I'll just read it out. 12 under, 13 under, 13 under, 13 under, 13 under. 13 under you'll be surprised was the next one. Uh, it's just... it's just they, they can control the scoring here unbelievably well with you know different pin positions. Obviously, you know... The, uh, the way that they can they make the greens faster or slower if they want to. So, it, it, yeah, it, it, I think, I've, I've, I've said in the preview, I think it's probably the most controllable golf course where, you know, the powers that be can basically, yeah, they dictate exactly what the scoring level is going to be. And some, some of those tournaments have been quite windy. I know before when Kaima won in 14, a couple of days before, the course was really seriously underwater and still 13 under one. So it's amazing how they can they can control the scoring here, and I think they do a good job of it as well. And and in that it's a good number that allows thirteen hundred is a good number for over four days, and that it allows guys to go out there and get birdies and go on good runs. But it's yeah. also it's also a a difficulty level that um gives over to bogeys and double bogeys and disasters happening. So it creates plenty of excitement. I think they found a real sweet spot for what the players is, and it has its identity as. It's an exciting tournament of good and bad happening, and uh, that's one of the reasons I really enjoy. I really enjoy it. Not to mention the fact that it is the strongest field in golf. And I think that you know one of the points that we make so often on on preview shows when we're talking about it is the ability to keep the big numbers off the card, keep it clean. And uh, there's a lot of very challenging par fours over the course, but there's very birdable and very makeable par threes and par fives that as you say balances it out and and that's that's something that uh, I suppose when we look at players we're looking at perhaps the guys like that who who are going to be good iron players who are going to give themselves a chance I think Ricky Farrell last year kind of mixed between the iron play and the the, the pulling and that was the recipe for, for how he got over the line Steve isn't that right? Yeah the thing with Fowler was he, you know, he uh, he was one eagle and twenty-one birdies. Yeah, last year, which was uh, that's the highest amount of birdies in recent years and, and eagles. But he also threw in eleven bogeys. But he, he literally on that on that Sunday he was just aiming for the pin, wasn't he? And, and that that run of golf was absolutely fabulous. And he, he, he I saw earlier I think he, he, something silly like he was maxed on Betfair at seven hundred and eighty. <sighs> At one point in that tournament, you know, that, that's madness, really. But um, yeah, it, it's a golf course where the, the sets, uh, the, the the four par fives, are pretty much all reachable for the, you know for a, for a normal PJ Tour hitter. So you can score heavily on the fives. The threes aren't tremendously tough in terms of PJ Tour. Uh, you know the rest of the courses, but the par fours are very very stringent here. And that is, and that's the whole balance of this golf course, really. And let's let's look at the um, let's look at the betting forecast at the moment. And we got Rory 
is 15 to 2 in some places. Jordan Spieth, 9 to 1. Jason Day, 12 to 1. Ricky Fowler, 20 to 1. Justin Rose, 25 to 1. Adam Scott, 28. With Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia. Matsuyama, 30 to 1. Henrik Stenson, 33 to 1. Bubba Watson and Phil at 35 to 1. And then I suppose just a selection of others. Danny Willett, the Masters champion, is 40 to 1. Billy Horschel, 55 to 1. Paul Casey, 66 to 1. And uh, we'll, we'll pick out a few others if, if necessary. But in terms of Barry, you know, if we look at, say, Jordan Speed for the moment, this is his first time back on a golf course that doesn't include shirtless golf with his mates since uh, spring break since spring break since the masters and nine to one this is a guy who missed the cut last year he was fourth the year before does he tickle your fancy as a guy who has the attributes for this course on this this week or do you think he he's just coming in undercooked he has the attributes for pretty much any golf courses we've seen over the last couple of years but uh, I don't know. The fir- first tournament back, I think he, I think he'll be a little bit undercooked. Uh, I'm not sure how competitive that drunk golf on spring break is, and um, I, I just think he'll be a little bit too sloppy. So, Steve, uh, if we, if we look at those kind of the, the the top four, top five, there, your Rory, your Jordan, your Jason, your Ricky, and your Justin Rose, like, are these guys that that are jumping out at you, or is there? Kind of, would you be saying, look, I'm moving past them and further down the field because they they just aren't aren't what you believe are going to do it this week. Well, if we go through the the winning prices of the tournament over the last few years, I'm I'm going back here to twenty uh, two thousand nine Stenson, yeah. So fifty to one with Stenson, one hundred to one with Tim Clark, forty five to one was KJ Choi, fifty five to one was Matt Kuchar. Uh, Martin Keim was 90 to 1, believe it or not, in 2014. And Ricky Fowler last year was 60 to 1. The only guy who was short priced was 2013. You'll know who, Tiger Woods. He'd won two tournaments and finished, he just finished fourth at Augusta. He was 9 to 1. It doesn't seem to be a tournament where the immediate favourites get the job done. And, you know, I've got concerns about Rory. He's actually not hitting greens at the moment, which, as we all know, is his strength. Um, Jordan Spieth, only Tiger Woods in recent years, has gone straight from Augusta, come to the players and won. And so, you know, if Jordan does that, fair play to him. And he's the kind of player that potentially could, but he, he feels undercooked to me. Jason Day, for me, is too much of a, uh, too wild off the tee. Um, Ricky Fowler, no one's ever defended the title. And that takes me to Justin Rose, who obviously played very, very well last uh, week. If he'd have actually putted half decently, he'd have won the tournament. Um, he's the one of the big five who I looked at the most, uh, the most closely, I have to say. And I, I, I walked past Justin in the end. His record here isn't brilliant, but two years ago he did finish in the top five the year that Kaima won, which would suggest that he's got the attributes, and we all know he's got the attributes to do well here. He's accurate, uh, a great scrambler, very good out of the sand. There's a lot of bunkers around here got a lot of patience so if I was if you know if you said to me of those top five who would you be backing I'd pump a rose at 25s I probably would too I'd agree with you on that um the the only thing I notice about his putting over the weekend is that am I the only one that thinks his putting looks worse with the claw grip than it did beforehand even though he hit his putts out of the heel I just think he looks really uncomfortable and unnatural 
doesn't look natural in the slightest, does it? And well, I suppose if we if we take those to one side and and we'll, we'll talk about the claw grip, uh, I think in, in in other shows because there's so much to to talk about here. Does that then naturally lead to a guy who really enjoys this uh, tournament? Second last year, third the year before, eighth the year before that. He's also won it back in two thousand and eight, second in two thousand and seven, and fourth in two thousand and two. And that's Sergio Garcia at twenty eight to one. When we look outside of the big five and Justin Rose, is Sergio the kind of player that that could go and put the put a second player's uh, trophy on his on his mantelpiece? It's it, this. These are this is for me is one of the key trends of this tournament, and people people talk about me and trends and, and whatever. But I, I, I hold you know I think trends they, they're worth talking around. Ricky Fowler, when he won here last year, it's easy to forget these things. He hadn't won for three years. He'd won at Quail Hollow. That was the only time he'd won on the PJ Tour. Go back to Martin Keimer. Keimer hadn't won on the main tour, so European Tour, PJ Tour, for 18 months. Uh, Matt Kuchar, 21 months. He'd won at uh, the Barclays at Ridgewood. KJ Choi, Joe Hoare Open, 18 months. So, you know, this is a tournament where you've got guys that have done well in majors but haven't won for a period of time, yeah? Uh, even Tim Clark, he hadn't even won a PGA Tour tournament in 2010. His previous win had been the Aussie Open 18 months before that. Henrik Stenson, he hadn't won for 26 months in 2009. So you see where I'm heading with this. We're not, you know, players that have won... An interesting stat is, since they moved the tournament to this portion of the season, so our, it used to be as part of the Florida Swing, they moved it into uh, May because of better course conditions. No player apart from Phil Mickelson or Tiger Woods have won before in the, uh, in the season prior to them actually turfing up at TPC Sawgrass. So to actually, for winners to, to come again and win for a second time, only Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods have achieved that. So that shows you the level that you've got to be to be able to, to, to actually win for a second time around here in a season. So, going back to the original point, for me, Sergio Garcia is a fantastic pick. He hasn't won for a period of time. Um, he doesn't win, obviously, a lot, but his course record's fantastic. We know that he's got lots of top threes, top fives at major championships. And if you go through Fowler, Keimer's obviously a PGA champion. Fowler had gone on that fantastic run. Was it four, uh, four top tens and five top fives and threes are in there as well the year before? These are quality, quality major championship performers who, who haven't won for a period of time. I think Sergio Garcia really fits the bill this season, uh, this this year. I really do. And uh, so some some decent odds at twenty eight to one as well. I, I don't think we can go through any preview show, Barry, without talking about Henrik Stenson. And for once, uh, yourself and Steve Bamford seem to be seeing from a similar hymn sheet more with the, the head than, than your usual heart when it comes to Henrik this week. Steve probably has the mathematics to back it up. I just have the uh, illogical, irrational so, love, so Steve, of, love Steve's of the Steve's going with the, the, the head and you're going with the heart. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, if most people who listen to the show will know I love Henrik Stenson and they will probably have figured, uh, thought that I hacked Steve's website and wrote the preview this week to put Henrik Stenson as his number one pick. Um, but... but <laughs> Your uh, all all the things you wrote about him make an awful lot of sense in light in context of uh, the the course, the ball striking. He won't have to hit his driver around here because uh, he doesn't hit his he driver hit anyway. Driver. 
But he'll, he'll be able to smash his three wood as far as he wants, and he won't be reaching those pinch points in the fairways. He's a phenomenal iron player, as we know, and he also tends to put better on the Bermuda grass greens. And uh, being a Florida resident, he'll be very happy in the environment there. So uh, with a good record there also in the previous winner, it's... Um, Are it's, you backing him? I am now, yeah. Definitely. Which probably now means that he won't do well. I think for all the listeners, they would probably prefer if you didn't back him. Um, no, they, nobody, nobody else backs Henrik Stenson, just me. Like I'm going for back-to-back PGA uh, Championship winners. I had Ricky Fowler last year. Maybe Steve will get it this year, because you had it in 2014 with Conor. Yeah, yeah. I had Ricky Conor. last year, and uh, maybe this is Steve's turn to... Uh, I hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed. Henrik's last win was uh, Earth Course, DP World Tour Championship, November 2014, so it really does fit quite nicely. And I've actually listed his, you know, he's been, he's contended for a period of time, as he, and not come up. I've listed eight tournaments between November 2014 and now, where he's been right in the heat of the battle on Sunday and hasn't got the job done. Two of those with, with, with Jordan Speed, two of them were with Jason Day. You know, so that's four of them against some of the you know the two best players in the world. If you obviously throw Rory in there as well, but then you've got yeah, of course you've got Matt Every, you've got Mark Leishman, you've got Jim Herman was the last one at Houston, wasn't it? Where Herman kind of went toe to toe with him and actually beat him. But yeah, again, this is the kind of player that seems to come here, loves the course, gets the job done. Just seems to happen year in year out. And I think that you make the very good point that actually as a uh, as a guy who's living in Florida, he, he really loves the Bermuda grass greens, which uh, some players just absolutely adore and other players absolutely hate. Yeah. If we look then down at, say, Billy Horschel, you know, another of your tips this week, um, 66 to 1 in some places, and uh, give, it, give us the, the, the two cents worth as to, to why, you know, and I think... I think Barry, you you agree as well with this uh, this pick. Why, Steve, is is Billy Horschel one of one of your top picks for this week? I think uh, it's a ball striker's course. Um, putting's important, of course it is. But actually, if you look at the putting average of winners here, and if you look at the strokes gained putting statistic here, it never tends to be as strong a metric. It tends to be as as we've said before. If you can get to the par fives in two, you don't need to be a great putter. You just two putt. Take away your birdie. It could be an eagle on offer. You can minimise the bir- the bogeys. If you can get through that tough stretch of par fours and not uh, and not not go too, you know, just keep it at level par, something like that. Chances come your way, yeah. And you you've just got to continually be very very consistent. Horschel for me, he's he's well forty-four at the moment, but we know for a fact that when he gets on a run, he he, he can be very very dangerous, yeah. And it was interesting last year. I think he went out in like the fifth or sixth last group on the Sunday. He finished 10, 12, something along those lines. But again, if you look at his statistics for the season today, he's strong from uh, tee to green in terms of strokes going tee to green. The putter keeps firing, but you know he'll, he'll have a very good round with a putter and a not-so-good round. If he can string it all together, he was very, very accurate from the tee here last year. We know that he's a greens in regulation monster. Horschel, of course, Floridian, loves Bermuda grass greens, one at TPC Louisiana, uh, that was his uh, maiden victory, which again is a kind of Florida-type course, I know it's down in Louisiana, but lots of water in play. I just think Horschel, 
Remember, he was, I think he was, he was third or fourth at Marion in the 2013 US Open, so he's got top five in a major. And he hasn't won again for 18, 19, 20 months. So again, fits a lot of criteria for me, Billy Horshaw. And I managed to grab him at 66s with Bet Victor about five o'clock this afternoon. Very nice. Yeah, very tasty. And uh, I suppose then, if we, you know, because we could, as we have a tendency to do, go through pretty much every player that, that plays these tournaments and we can make claims for each of them. But if we look further down the, uh, the, the betting, is there anybody else that's really kind of striking you, guys who are kind of, you know, 100 plus if people are looking for a little bit of wild value down, down the field, especially where some of the, the, the guys who have won over the last number of years have been, you know, up and out of those levels. Is there anybody else that you're kind of picking or backing that, you know, would be worth the punt? Um, players that I wouldn't want to win. Yeah. Uh, I look very closely at Brandon Grace. He was third here uh, at halfway last year. But for me, he's just a, potentially he's just a bit too wild from the tee for me. He's not the most accurate off the tee. That's his weakness. We all know that he's hitting lots of greens. His wedge play at the moment is phenomenal. And you always get a player in the Players' Championship that doesn't necessarily win, but has hit the ground running and comes into the tournament in really good form. I can remember Kevin Streelman in 2013. Last year, Kevin Kisner, who was playing very, very good golf, arrived here, got into the playoff. I think I think Brandon Grace has got a very good chance this week, and I'm seeing 50-1 to 1 available on it. Um, if you want to go a bit deeper than that, I've got a horrible feeling. I, I can't back it up in any way, shape, or form when you look at how he's done here in the past. But you know what we're talking about, uh, players that have got top fives in majors, have a good history. Paul Casey ticks, ticks a lot of those boxes. I've been, I've been tipping Casey up for a lot, a lot of tournaments this year, and he always lets me down. But 80 to 1's available, seven places each way on Paul Casey. Um, sorry, 80 to 1 with Sky Bet, six places each way. I think, I don't know, but I've got a feeling Casey might get involved. Another one at a bigger price, you can still get triple numbers on him, 100 to 1 available at Boyle Sports or Betfair. Russell Knox, very, very accurate. Obviously, HSBC winner last year, so that's World Golf Championship. I think he was third, wasn't he, at the Heritage? Very neat and tidy. Knox ticks a lot of boxes for me as well. But bigger prices for me, I've plumped for Chris Kirk, who I think Kirk's playing some phenomenal golf at the moment. And this surprised me, actually. I didn't remember this. He actually was the leader going into Sunday last year at this golf tournament. And the other one I really do like the look of at a nice triple-digit price is David Lingmuth. And Lingmuth is actually a member of TPC Sawgrass, you might remember, I think it was 2013, he went toe-to-toe with Tiger Woods. No one had heard of the guy. Um, this crazy Swede who sort of grew up in, in, in America, did the college circuit. But he went toe-to-toe with Woods, uh, finished second. He, he plays, um, he plays um, these kind of courses very, very well. He likes peak dye designs. There's also TPC Sawgrass has got the Dye Valley course where they play a what, the Web.com Tour Championship. He's got a great record at that course as well, which again, of course, is a Pete Dye design. So for me, David Lingman hitting hit lots of fairways, lots of greens at the moment, putted really well at Quail on Mini Verde uh, Bermuda Grass Greens, which these are as well. I just, I, I couldn't believe Bet365 had enough at 150 to 1 earlier today. 
You can grab 125 to 1 right now if you're very, very fast. I think he's got a great shot. I really do, David. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure we back him before we put the podcast out live. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, Barry, um, you know, you, you're hearing what Steve is saying. Is there anybody that you, know, you're, you're, you would endorse in that group or is there anybody else that you're looking at that says to you this is somebody who um, you know is worth a few, few few pounds either way no they all make really really good sense and I'm not gonna I wouldn't argue with any of them and another one that caught my eye at a triple digit price um, was Mark Leishman uh, he's only had one top 10 here but he you know the 20th there a couple of weeks ago he's made the cut at this event four times in a row and um, he is a good ball striker, and uh, at a hundred to one, um, you know, can't ignore him. He has had a top five in a major as well before at Augusta, so uh, he might get a cheeky euro or two of mine. Yeah, Leishman's a good shout. I had a very close look at him. He's another one I've been monitoring really closely. Uh, when I've looked at his past history, he just seems to. He doesn't seem overly keen off the tee, a bit of inaccuracy, but this year he's a lot more accurate and. If I'm right, he's a natural fader of the golf ball. I think faders tend to do very well around TPC Sawgrass. So, yeah, I, I, I think Leishman's a cracking a cracking shout, actually. The other one I'll just shout out for you, Emiliano Grillo, 160 to 1 available at the moment with Bet365. And that link that I was telling you about, the Web.com Tour Championship at the Die Valley course, which is next door, he won that event last year, Emiliano uh, Grillo. And I know he's Argentinian, but he's actually grew up in Florida. He's a Flo- he's a Florida boy, effectively. He did all of his school and grew up there, college, everything. So Grillo, one hundred and sixty to one. I just I think he could be worth back. He hits tons and tons of fairways and tons and tons of greens. Do Do you have any negative side of the fact that this is his first? He uh, this is his debut at the TPC Sawgrass. Is that something that? Well, will concern yeah. you a bit, or is it this one of these yeah, courses that... There's that statistic out there, isn't there, about you know uh, first-time players here don't win. But if you actually cast your mind back over the last few seasons, we've, we've, brought, we've already talked about David Lingmouth. That was 2013. Then a certain Jordan Speed came here on debut, yeah? And he virtually won. So this, this taboo about um, course knowledge seems to be becoming... If you've got the right kind of player and he's got experience of Florida or whatever, for me, Grio at 160 to 1 as an each way punt, he might not win, but 160 to 1? Mm-hmm. Yeah, six places each way with Bet365. He's 125 to 1 with Paddy Power, seven places. Now, as an each way punt, that's, that's a very good shout for me. It's, it's amazing how often you see guys um, getting to certain events where they just feel good and they feel comfortable or they, they really enjoy a particular town or a particular aspect of any event. And he's definitely going to be going to this one with amazing memories and great feelings when he goes to play the course next door to where he won the, the web.com. So um, if, as good a reason as any to back him at those odds, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a good golfer and he's a multiple winner. So... Uh, certainly to, to get what more than 30 to 1 on your place oh mate it's a fantastic bet beautiful Matthew Fitzpatrick again brilliant ball striker top 10 at the uh, Augusta he's got experience of America not a great deal but um, I know a few weeks ago he said that Harbour Town was his favourite golf course so he, he, he's used to South East American golf Southern golf and Fitzpatrick I'm seeing him 175 to 1 with Coral you can get 150 to 1 bet 365 again, six places each way. And you just feel with Fitzpatrick again, 
hits a lot of fairways, hits a lot of greens, very consistent. I think he's done well on Bermuda grass in the path and on the golf swing. You know, you can see someone like Fitzpatrick getting involved. And don't forget, he's actually in a Ryder Cup spot at the moment. Yeah. And I think he's one that could probably go under the uh, the radar a bit. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to, you know, nail your colours to the mast on this one, Steve. Who, who is your main shout this week for uh, for the players? Who do you think will win it? The one the one that was always at the front of my mind for the past week or so was Henrik Stenson. Barry, Henrik Stenson. Yeah, I've been controlling Steve with a voodoo doll for the last few weeks and I've made him pick Stenson and announced that on their golf betting system website. I, I'm, on, I'm on Stenson and um, Leishman and, and maybe a few other, but I do like Horschel too. Um, uh, cool, I'm going to go with Kevin Kisner, who we didn't get to speak about, but he was runner up here last year, 75 to 1. So if we're looking at the players in that kind of field, that might be somebody who. Uh, who might just do it for me this week. Steve, do you guys have any golf betting system competitions going for the players? We do, actually. We, we've run this for four years now. It's amazing how time ticks by. Uh, Betfred, they, they, they've been uh, proud sponsors of our TPC Sawgrass competition. So it's a £100, free, 100 pound free bet to the winner. Um, effectively, all you need to do, you can tweet it to us. All of the competition details are on my tips this week at golfbettingsystem.co.uk so just find the website there's a section there about the competition and how you can enter but effectively all you need to do is tell us how many balls end up in the water on the 17th and there's a tiebreaker in there as well about what the winning score is so how many balls end up in the water at the island green this week I love that morbid morbid <laughs> competition it's beautiful I can't, I can't help but feel there'll be a lot of people wishing you know come come Sunday go on into the water yes another one down uh, and you can find that on golfbettingsystem.co.uk and uh, Steve I think your Twitter handle is at Bamford Golf um, so look uh, and is there any links into any other um, any bet uh Bookies, James. We're going to go with bookies. The bookie enhancers. If you if you go through uh, the golf betting system website this week, or is that? No, it's been fairly quiet on the bookmaker front. Uh, but it is worth pointing out to listeners um, there are extended each way places out there. So seven, the only company that have gone seven places each way, but a full quarter odds. That's Stan James. You, if you sign up by a golf betting system, you get they 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 got to a bet ten, get twenty off. Now it always used to be a tenner. You get a twenty pound free bet. So seven places each way, four quarter odds. Paddy Barrow have done their standard seven places, but they're only at fifty odds. Uh, if you've got accounts with Skybet, Bet three six five have gone six places each way. So have Bet Victor and so have Bet Fred. So there's lots of value out there. This don't feel that you have to be backing players at five places each way this week because there's lots and lots of companies out there offering you six or even seven. Steve, just a question, a little bit of advice for somebody who might be starting betting or somebody like me who's a terrible better. In your, what's your preference? Is it to take somebody places one to six at a quarter odds or, so, or places one to seven at one fifth odds? Does it depend on what type of player you're backing, whether he's a, a medium odds player or a high odds player? Or, or what, what sort of factors do you consider when you're making that decision? The body power. Paddy Power tactic of a, of a fifth of the odds, but also seven places. That works for, for, for longer prices, doesn't it? So you know, if I was if I'd have been um, 
proactive enough and intelligent enough to have Jack Jane, uh, to have backed James Hahn last week at five hundred to one, I'd have been backing him at seven places with Paddy Power because it just makes sense. The, uh, so you know those kind of prices it makes to get the extra to get the extra spot. Um, when you're looking at the when you're looking at some of the uh, you know the favourites and the short price players. It depends, doesn't it? You know, if you really, really fancy that player to win, it doesn't really matter if it's seven places and a fifth of the odds. If you think he's going to win, then Paddy Power best price. Just go with Paddy Power. It, the mid-range from say I don't know from say twenty-five through to say sixty-six, eighty to ones. I, I often go for a slightly shorter price. Go for six places, a full quarter of the odds, just because it works out if you if you think that that player is going to finish in the each way places. But yeah, yeah, it's horses for courses. It depends on what people want to do. Okay, good. Thanks. Good to know. For uh, good to have a little bit of advice on that. I think it's just one of those great tournaments as well that it's just such a wide open field that uh, it really is. There, there's guys down there like as you say, Grillo as somebody who might come through with big, big odds. So it's it would be fun to watch it and uh, to see how all the bets go, and we'll uh, be able to either be uh, crying with joy or crying with uh, sorrow on Sunday evening. Um, so look, Steve, uh, thanks a million for all your input. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Get on and make sure you go into the competition as well. Uh, how many balls are going to be in the 17th lake? And don't forget their Facebook page. The Facebook group is fantastic. Uh, if you're not already in it, get in it. It's full of great betting banter all week long. And As James was saying before the show, Come Sunday, there is always one or two guys sweating a twelve or fifteen grand win on a on a four way accumulator. It's just brilliant fun. Yeah. Did you, did you guys see the guy this week that had the five hundred to one on James Harlan? Yeah, back? twenty euro. What was it? Twenty or forty euros each way? Twelve and grand. He had, he had the audacity to go back in in playing and topped up at hundred to one. <laughs> what? Brilliant! Absolutely brilliant! That's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that he, uh, he he posted on the Facebook page that uh, they deposited the money into his account pretty promptly. So uh, I'd say there's a nice steak dinner being had uh, tonight. That's a fantastic bet, that is. But yeah, lots of knowledge on the Facebook group. And we're not a million miles away, guys, from the US Open, are we? I think that's the next time we're getting together. It's very, it very fast. We've got five weeks away, five or six weeks now at this stage. It just goes so quickly as well, yeah, about that. Um, so, and at Bamford Golf is your Twitter handle, isn't that right? Steve? At Bamford Golf, yes. So, look, uh, thanks a million again for your input. I know the listeners absolutely love hearing your level of knowledge, particularly about the stats and uh, about kind of looking at it in a much more in depth way than perhaps myself and Barry would ever dream to be able to do. So, look, thank you again, and we'll, we'll talk to you in a few weeks' time for the, the US Open. Thanks, guys. Look after yourselves. So thanks a million to Steve Bamford from golfbettingsystem.co.uk. At Bamford Golf is the Twitter handle and get onto the Facebook website as well because it really is a brilliant page. So look, uh, we've probably held off long enough, Barry, and the announcement of the fantastic Game Golf competition, which was to win a Game Golf live system and a shirt signed by GMAC, and I think the game system is also signed by GMAC. So both of them are, yeah. Both, so two signatures by GMAC, and uh, the the fabulous game golf live system which we've been using for the last couple of weeks, and you know thoroughly enjoy. I have to say, I really enjoy going home after the round and getting onto the iPad, onto the 
dashboard and trying to lengthen your drives uh, well no to be fair I've never done that no. though there is a tendency that you kind of feel oh if I only just moved it an inch to the left I get another green uh, another fairway in regulation you but no strict yourself. strict uh, strict uh, stats is required now so. Yeah. so look the golf game golf competition Barry who is the lucky winner the lucky winner is Declan O'Connor uh, his Twitter handle is at Decky18, D-E-C-K-I-E-18. I think he'll know who he is already after hearing that. So congratulations, Declan. We will get that organized with the guys in Game Golf to get that shipped to you. Um, send us a t- send us an email at goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com with your, uh, where Details. you'd like it sent. Brilliant. So congratulations to him and thanks a million to Game Golf. Sorry for all the other guys who didn't uh, win this time, but, uh, you know, Keep using the system. Get your hands on it. It is a really, really well worth piece of equipment if you really want to try and improve at any level. Um, or if you just want to see what it's like, download the app. The app is free, and you can just test it out and see how it see how, over a couple of rounds. It might encourage you to go buy the system, or you might just be happy using the app. And the app is great for guys who are just using casual golf. You know, mm-hmm. who just don't don't play quite to the same amount that you and I maybe yeah. perhaps play. And it's a really good GPS as well. And that's the thing, there's so many features in it. So do download it, Game Golf, you'll get it on Android, you'll get it on the uh, the Apple i Apple's App Store. App Store, yeah. Um, so give it a go. And uh, look, I suppose that just leaves us to, again, thanks Steve Bamford, Barry, for your input. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be four days, I think, of non-stop golf for me anyway, watching it and playing it. If you're playing, enjoy the golf. Give us a tweet, let us know how you get on. And uh, if you're not playing and you're watching it, enjoy it. We shall talk to you next week when we will know who the 2016 Players' Champion is. Bye-bye, huh? Well, goodbye. Bye-bye.